Your reasons for listening to this show, well, those are your own. But just keep in mind that the views, information, or opinions expressed on the Tuttle Daily Podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of our sponsors. Yeah, it's called free speech, people. Nobody's forcing you to listen. One-of-a-kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, Tuttle. Everything's a goddamn debate. Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. I want to thank everybody that has been tuning in to my YouTube live streams every night at 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. Uh, Go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tuttle. I've been doing about anywhere in between about a half hour to an hour. Uh, I had a guest on this week, Sirach. Check out his podcast, The Weekly Review. I'd like to hear from you. I want to start getting on some of my former coworkers, the ones that are willing to go on the air and do an interview with me. And I promise that it's going to be like a legitimate interview. I want to talk about what their radio career was like, what it is now, how much they evolved. I, I got to tell you, my dream guest would be Mr. Phillips. If I, if I could get Jim Phillips on my podcast for an interview, I would be blown away. I would be honored, but I don't think he's going to do it. Jim Phillips is kind of like uh, Johnny Carson was. Once Johnny Carson retired, he was gone. You never heard from him a- again. And that's kind of how Mr. Phillips has been. I think he maybe has done Tom and Dan a couple of times, but I would be honored. But I would like to hear from you. Who do you think I should have on the show? Any guest, I will interview anybody. I got a great interview coming up after the break with a guy uh, by the name of Sean Boyle. I think he's in his early 20s, but he's a millionaire right now. And he, he specializes in social media stuff. So I wanted to pick his brain. Because look at me. I am 40 doing a podcast in a 2006 beat-up PT Cruiser at a place I call the Hobo Fish Camp. And he's half the age as me, and he's already accomplished more than I ever will in my whole entire life. So we're definitely going to get to that. But I would want to hear from you what guests you would like to hear. Tuttle at gmail.com, or you can leave me a voicemail, 407-270-3044. I don't like to hop on the viral video train, but that's the thing about social media. Whenever whenever I do my show prep, I wake up in the morning and I see what's trending on Twitter. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Something catches my eye. Cat lawyer is trending. And I'm like, okay. Now, is this a lawyer that defends cats? Or is an actual cat that's a lawyer? I had to click on it. Now... They've been doing a lot of these hearings on Zooms, and they got those, like, weird filters and stuff. And this is an older gentleman, probably the first time he's ever used Zoom, but he has a cat filter on. Now, it is not one of those cartoonish-looking cats. It's actually, like, a really good-looking cat, but the eyes are moving around. I'm going to post this up on my social media, twitter.com slash Tuttle, facebook.com slash Tuttle. Uh, to be able to check it out, but the audio is just as good as the visual part. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. You know, the big swinging dick lawyer here in town, and I always forget that he is more national, but man, John Morgan needs to jump on the cat lawyer train. I'm telling you, John Morgan's been doing these car talks lately. Uh, He went on this rant the other day about Arby's. I'm going to see if I can find that audio because 
I think this is brilliant, but John Morgan needs to do one of his commercials uh, <laughs> as Cat Lawyer. You might want to... Uh, uh, we're trying look. to... We're tr can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but... I'm sure most people have already seen this video, but if you haven't, do yourself a favor. I mean, just listen to this guy's voice. And then having the visual of a cat, a cat moving around. Well, not really moving, it's his eyes. And, like, you could tell that the lawyer's all nervous and everything, and, and the cat's eyes are, like, looking up in the top right-hand corner of his face. Yeah, it is classic. Go to my social media, twitter.com slash Tuttle, Facebook, and just everything Tuttle, instagram.com slash Tuttle. Just go. Oh, uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. For the most part, the video is kind of corny, but the line of the day, the line of that whole video that saves it and makes it and kicks it up to the next level of classic viral videos, he tells the judge, I'm ready to proceed. I am not a cat. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I can, I can see that. My biggest complaint about working in radio or broadcasting or even entertainment it makes you very cynical. And I got to tell you, I would hope, I pray that this was sincere and real. But this lawyer, he is all over the place today. He was on Good Morning America. He was on the Today Show. And I got to tell you, this is like a, a bit or something that a morning show would do to try to garner attention. And I wouldn't put it past this guy. Either way. If he did set that up, it's kind of brilliant. Wish I would have thought of it. Now, how many years I've been struggling to make a name for myself. And this guy is a cat, has a cat filter going on, and drops the line, I'm not a cat, I promise, uh, <laughs> your honor. And now he's blowing up. He'll probably get all types of sponsorship deals. I'm sure like he'll be a spokesman for Zoom now. He'll probably be in the triple digits of followers on all of his social media. And then you got poor jobbers like myself that have to scratch and claw their way, write a lot of good stuff, come up with brilliant things to talk about. Yeah, we want him to come close to Cat Lawyer. It's a little depressing. And if I'm just being honest, before I said I hope it's sincere, nah, I hope it really, really isn't. Because it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, the guy knows how to work if this was a work. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I think that pedophiles deserve a special place in hell. They really do. But I really don't believe in hell. But this next judge, I don't even know exactly where this is. I'm trying to stick with the theme of being in the courtroom, our legal system. But this judge cuts a promo after a pedophile. I think he was in charge of a daycare, which is, is even more sickening. But he ended up raping two children. I think one was four and the other was six. And this judge comes out, cuts a uh, rock-style promo on this pedophile, and pretty much throws the book at him. But I'll get into that and break down this audio. Uh, just hear a little bit of it. A lot of people are going to say she's grandstanding. Who knows? This court is so sick and tired of seeing adults ruin and abuse children. These are literally just one step from being babies. You know who I would love this judge to actually be talking to? Because this pedophile, he's standing there and definitely looks like a pedophile. But I'm sure I look like a pedophile as well, too. Now, you really can't paint with a broad brush. But goddamn, what I would give if they had the Pope there in his Pope robe. Hell, I don't know. He doesn't even have to get out of the Pope mobile. I just would love for a judge to read the riot act and, and, and finally make the Catholic Church pay for the atrocities that they have committed against kids for hundreds of years. Hell, you know what? It might have been going back thousands of years. Who the fuck knows? They come to a daycare. Those parents struggle 
so that when they release their children to someone during the day, they have some semblance that that child is going to be protected and safe. All right. So here's the big question. How did they find out that this guy was doing this to the kids? Did the kids like go home? Maybe had said some things because at that age, kids really don't know what's going on. I know a lot of parents, you know, never let a stranger touch you, stranger danger. But if if the parents were the ones that found out, seriously, as a father, as a man, what would you do? Seriously, because there's two ways you could look at it. I would not blame a father for getting a gun and basically not even lubing up the barrel, okay? Taking the barrel of the gun, sticking it in his asshole, and pulling the trigger. And I'm not talking like birdshot. I'm talking Buck Shot Jones all day. I don't even go to the authorities. But maybe death, death might be a little too easy for him. Because guess what? When he's dead, he's not going to know he's dead. He really isn't. That's why I say, send them to prison. And I'll get into why and the circumstances of what you do to them when they get in prison. But I'm going to let this audio play a little bit longer. Not let alone two of their children being raped by your own admission, sir. For sexual gratification, you violated a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Listen, guys, I'm not making excuses for pedophiles at all, but it, it is a sickness. I mean, there's no denying that, right? In, anybody that is in their right mind that is normal would not do that. Like, how do you get turned on by a four-year-old? Seriously. And how do the parts match up? I'm not trying to get graphic, not trying to shock jock or anything, but seriously. How does that traumatize physically the kids and mentally? And this judge gets into that part, but this guy, he could give two fucks what this judge is saying. He's just like, all right, give me my time. I'm ready to go in. But buddy, you, you got a lot of surprises coming. Because, yeah, in prison, there are a lot of bad people. But guess what? Even those bad people, they have a code of conduct. They have a hierarchy. And I think at the top of the list are pedophiles, people that commit crimes against kids. Yeah, jail's not going to be fun for you, buddy. I, I'm serious. It's, it's going to be a living hell. I do not know at this time what the total ramifications will be for those two young children. But there isn't anybody who doesn't understand now. The developmental phases of children take place from zero to six years old. You know who I feel bad for? This judge's husband. I mean, if, as a husband of a judge, and women already, that, that frequency, guys get tired of it. I'm not saying, like, I, I don't condone, like, spousal abuse. But you have to admit, sometimes the woman's voice, it just goes, it just drones on and on and on. It's like a white noise that makes you angry. But if you're the husband of this judge, like, seriously, how do you win any argument with her? Honey, you left the toilet seat up. And then the judge goes on, like, a two-minute rant about how much of a horrible human being the husband is because he left the goddamn toilet seat up. It would, yes, it would drive me crazy. You can't even know what damages you've done for sexual gratification. This, to me, is so mind-boggling that you used and abused two little children like they're, they're, they're inconsequential beings. Those are human persons with human dignity. The mere fact that they're small little people that can't fight off adults. That's why an adult left them with adults. I know a lot of you guys are like, give them the death penalty right away. Give them the death penalty. No, 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 no. People, the death penalty is not a t deterrent. It's, it's not. Because guess what? When you're dead, you don't know it. That's what I always tell people. Manson told me this. He's like, yeah, you're not going to know when you're dead. And, and it kind of makes sense because he brought up the point. He was like, do you remember before you were born? No, no, I, I really don't remember before I was born. So what I'm trying to say is 
I a life in prison. Yes, it, it costs money to be able to take care of these people, but life in prison is a bigger punishment than death. Like if they came to me and said, "Hey, um, maybe I, I don't know what crime, but say I got the death penalty. If I had my choice between life or death, give me death. Give me death all day. Let me take that long dirt nap, and I'm not even gonna know it." But what needs to happen to this guy, like that judge said, these kids that could not fight him off? Guess, oh, guess what, buddy? The roles are going to be reversed because you're going to be fighting off a lot of men. I hope that they put this guy in the biggest African-American gentleman's uh, cellmate. And this guy is going to continuously rape him on a daily basis. He's going to be holding this guy's pockets the rest of his life. His his, his asshole is going to look like the English Channel. Like, seriously. Shit is just going to fall out of his body. He's not even going to have to strain to poop anymore. That is justice for this pedophile. If I'm just being honest, don't kill him. Just use him as a sperm receptacle on a daily basis. And I think we can call it kind of even Steven. And then when you wear that asshole, asshole out so much and you don't get any use, use for it because it's like you got to strap a board onto your ass so you don't fall in. Yeah, then maybe that's when you dispose of this piece of shit. I'm going to tell you something, Mr. McFadden. There's no free rapes in my courtroom. On count one... I'm sending you to prison for 11 years on count four. I'm sending you to prison for 11 years. They will be consecutive to each other for a total of 22 years. Now, guys, earlier I said I hope that they put him in a cell with the biggest African-American that they could. I wasn't trying to be racist. No, I was actually kind of marking out to the African-American community because I want him to have a cellmate with the biggest dick imaginable like i'm talking mr marcus uh any of those big swinging dick mandingos i don't even know if i can even say that i know that they did but i'm just telling you right now that's exactly what i was talking about and now you're gonna get 22 years and if you get out like what type of shape does the anal ring the anus I mean, that's going to be like a piece of chewed up bubble gum that was stuck underneath of a table. I mean, you're going to snap those O-rings like it was the Challenger disaster. This guy is getting exactly what he deserves. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be like over dramatic, but death, death is the easy way out. Life in prison, more hell. He's not even getting life, but 22 years of just being gang raped. Yeah. You got what you you got what you is coming to you, buddy. Going to take a quick break. Be back in a few minutes with my interview with Sean Boyle. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily podcast. He's a nerd? I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality? Professionally? I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Wish you could have just flown and had your vehicle arrive a day or two later so you can enjoy more time doing what's important to you? Well, you can. Just give Starfire Transport a call. Let the professionals do the driving while you're flying. Starfire Transport specializes in RV and auto transport. They'll also haul watercraft from boats to PWCs, cargo trailers, and more. Service available throughout the continental United States. So don't wait. Call Brian today at 574-349-4193 or 989-751-6106 for your next move. 10% off for veterans past or present. Also, make sure to tell them Tuttle sent you for an additional discount. That's Starfire Transport. Do you have something you want to say? Hey, what kind of preacher is you? Leave Tuttle a voicemail. Because you're kind of ignorant. Especially if you think he's being an asshole. No mega bitch! 
Will your hurtful comments offend Tuttle? No, baby! Call the show at 407-270-3044. No, baby! Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. This is an interview that I've been looking forward to, and I know I say this all the time because, you want to be honest, I'm kind of like trying to pump up the egos of the guests that I have on, you know, that, I mean, that's, I, I'm not saying they have egos, but I, I'm just trying to get off or get on, not get off. Yeah. They look at me. He's even in flexing. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Sean, what's up? Sean Boyle is on with me. Uh, Sean, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, my man. Thank you for having me on. Now, I, I'm, I find you very intriguing, very interesting. Because uh, how old are you? You know, I I always say this to women. It's never polite, but you're a guy. You know what? F it. I'm going to say, how old are you, buddy? And this PC culture, you're kidding me? I'm so offended. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But um, Yeah, I just turned 23, man. My birthday's in July. So uh, 23, Jordan year. Do you realize like you kicked me in the balls through Zoom or right now? Like, seriously, you did. You're 23. Uh, I just turned 40 and I'm now just getting uh, how to figure things out per se, what I'm trying to say. Now, you're at 23. A lot of people see what you've accomplished. And and before we get into that and before you answer, I want to plug everything that's going on. Um, Should people my age be discouraged when they look at somebody that is 23 that has been able to accomplish what you have so far? And before you answer, my buddy Sean Boyle, and and I'm already saying buddy because I want to be your buddy. I want to be your bud. Uh, Where can people check out your podcast? I know you're doing a podcast and all the content you have online. Yeah, absolutely. So you can just simply go to SeanBoyle.com. You have all my socials on there, my company, podcast, all the content that you need. SeanBoyle.com. Now, Sean, just to let you know, I'm looking the way you're dressed. Where are, are you? Are you in PA? Because I, I think... Uh, <laughs> yeah, is in, it a PA in, thing? You coming out? No, 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 no. I'm not saying the way you're dressed. You're just dressed with layers. Because I got to tell you, if I'm being honest, I'm in Florida. This is the first time I have worn a shirt all day god bless we're in florida uh I, central florida like uh you know you would not know the town but i would say a little bit south of daytona beach but i've i've worked in broadcasting daytona beach orlando tampa so i've worked that i4 corridor how you feel about brady getting you that super bowl huh? um i got i grew up a miami dolphins fan and dan marino dan marino i, I listen Dan, Dan Marino never got that championship, but I still think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks. And it's weird when he was playing in the NFL, it was a running league. Now it's past, past, past. And now I got to admit what, what Brady winning another Super Bowl with another team, another team that had not been to the Super Bowl or the playoffs in 15 years in a different conference. Yes, he is a GOAT. He is. I mean, there's no denying it. You can't deny it. And, you know, as an Eagles fan, obviously we got one over on him. So I was kind of rooting for him just to see greatness. But yeah, at the end of the day, man, you know, yeah, like to answer your original question. Yeah, I'm from Philly. It's so funny you mentioned Daytona Beach, too, because I'm going to be going down there in, I think, a couple of weeks. What's today's the ninth. So, yeah, I'm going to be going. You no, know, Daytona 500 is coming up this weekend. Have you ever been to the Daytona 500? I've never been, but my good friend, Alex, who she's uh, definitely listening right now, and she went to school with me. She actually works there uh, at the at the um, facility. She's all around the cars, all around the, you know, the, the drivers. And she essentially takes people on mm-hmm. these in-person tours and says, oh, yeah. you know, get a sweet, get this. It, it's the best job in the world. It is. Now, 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 Sean, you're a businessman. Think, think about this. A, l- a lot of people don't realize this. I, I grew up around NASCAR. You look at all the sports that are out there. They're owned by all the team, right? I mean, it's like a, it's like a group of people. They make decisions. Do you realize that NASCAR is the only sport that is owned 
by one entity, which is the France family. Uh, you being a business guy, I mean, that's some pretty good leveraging power, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like if Goodell was to own, you know, all the football teams. If yeah, what I was gonna say, Adam, yeah, Adam Silver owning all the NBA. I mean, it's 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 a conglomerate at the end of the day. So it's it's something where I think, in my opinion, and a lot of others, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to break your heart, but the NASCAR popularity. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least for me, I grew up watching, you know, the Jimmy Johnsons of the world, the Tony Stewart's of the world. Yeah, of course. And I loved them, man. I really did. But as time grew on, I just, for some weird reason, I just got out of touch with that sport. And I feel like a lot of people are, are getting yeah. out of that too. I, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. I mean, I grew up in the same county as the world's most famous track. I mean, it's debatable. Everybody says Indianapolis is the, the most popular track, but Daytona is pretty big as well too. And, and I agree it, it has definitely dropped off now. I want to get into this, okay? I've I've been trying to, you know, a year and a half ago, it's been over a year since I've been on broadcast radio, and a lot of the content that I'm doing uh, is podcasting. I'm doing social media. I've always had a little bit of a bigger social media following uh, just because of my time on the radio. And... I used to be one of those guys that was like, oh, podcasting is for people that can't be on the air. They can't do broadcasting. But now, like, I've gotten into it. I've been doing it almost a year now. I went on like a five-month run where I did a podcast every single day. What, what does it take to get ahead online? Because it frustrates me that I work tirelessly writing things coming up with content preparing and then i see people just with the most random bs get thousands and thousands of hits it's the entertainment business at the end of the day and that's something that i didn't necessarily understand i mean you look at the wwe you look at the rock rick flair you look at all these wrestlers and what was the one thing that they could do to capture attention was was entertain and that's such a cliche thing to say but in today's day and age with podcasting you have to think regardless of what you're talking about you could be looking at my spotted wall over there that i need to go paint if i'm a genuine passionate painter and i can formulate and tell a story around that people are going to listen and the thing that i oh, realized really quickly is not only am i going to get decent listeners but I'm also going to get guests that genuinely are going to come to me instead of me constantly reaching okay. out. I uh, let me let me ask you about this, okay? So working in radio, we always interviewed celebrities. They they might not be A listers, they might be B or C, but even the B and C aren't being real. They're they're not telling you what's really going on because they want to control the narrative, okay? Now, since I've been doing this podcast, you know, I get more enjoyment of talking to someone like yourself because I know you're being real. I, I talked to a guy yesterday that wrote a book. He had a bad breakup and a relationship, and he wanted to go to six different countries. He wanted to go to the, those countries. and partake in the uh, drugs that they were known for. Like he went to Colombia and, sure. and he did Colombian cocaine and stuff. That is, that is the type of people that I want to talk to. I, people that are being real and honest. Yeah. Raw, gritty. Exactly. Yeah. There's no, there's no fabrication. I mean, and here's the funny thing too, is you'll see, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but especially in today's day and age, man, especially online, you'll see people with hundreds of thousands of bought followers on Instagram that are pushing some bullshit method, bullshit, mm. just service, whatever you want to call it, company. And it's a shame because I've always been the guy who's been legitimate. I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. So my old man, you've seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street. Everyone's seen yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad was essentially a step below that. <laughs> all right 
So mm-hmm. he worked in a so like it, so he would have been like um uh Jonah Hill, exactly. you know, to to what uh Jordan Belfour was played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So he would have been his diamond Donnie Azoff to, to Jordan Belford. Yeah. So okay. I get a call when I'm in high school. I'm like a senior. I'm driving my dad's car. He has a nice convertible BMW at the time. And, you know, I literally took it to school, went back. I, I was one of those kids who I just honestly, with my dad's prowess, I had the confidence to do whatever the fuck I wanted to. And yeah. that was something, you know, privilege, whatever. But at the end of the day, I got a call and he said, Hey, we have to talk about uh, something. And I go, okay, like, mm-hmm. what are we going to talk about? And he's never really come, like, again, my dad is a very um, pompous type character where he's very, it, it's hard for him to get grounded. You know what I mean? Because he's yeah. so, just has so many different layers going on. Yeah, no. So, so I, I don't mean to interrupt because I, I want to hear the rest of this. So, what is it like? Okay, so. Your dad compared to my dad, okay? Your dad probably was up here, and my dad's a little bit down here, but that doesn't make your dad any better than mine because my dad worked as hard as yours, okay? Sure. Um, how is it being the son of somebody that, you know, pulled their self up by their bootstraps, made something of their self? Uh, is there an expectation a little bit of pressure that comes with that. So what I was going to say is he, um, he actually, he's currently in prison. Oh, okay. so, I mean, listen, no judge. I, I'm not judging. There's a lot of people in prison. I listen, there's a lot of people that aren't in prison that need to be in prison. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, so, I mean, do you, are you comfortable talking about that? Like, uh, sure, yeah. So, so what I was going to say is, he he was in prison. He's still in prison. He's actually, he's actually getting out in a month, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, essentially, I feel an obligation to myself to become great. You know, mm-hmm. I had a really rough childhood. As much as you know, I. So, what do you oh mean? God, what do you mean? What do you what do you mean by uh, tough childhood? I mean, can I oh mean, my god, do, dude! I had a period detail? of time where within six months. I lost half of my family where they, whether it was cancer, whether it was uh, alcohol withdrawal, a lot of it was cancer. I'd say about 90% of it was mm-hmm. cancer. Uh, family fights, the just money problems, just a boatload of stuff that for a six, seven year old kid growing up, I wasn't necessarily, obviously I wasn't accustomed to that, but it was hard to really grow from that and learn. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Um, you know, there uh, I I went through childhood trauma, okay? And, you know, there's there's different types of childhood trauma. A lot of people don't realize uh, growing up as a kid, those those are the years you're a sponge. I yeah. mean, you're just you're you're just taking in everything. Um, and you being around that, being around the uh, the death, the uh, just BS per se i mean that that had to kind of shape you a little bit but a lot of people would let them bring their them down going through that type of stuff what what was different with you that you were able to overcome all that stuff at, at a young age that's a great question and that's something that i'm i i'm not entirely sure because i i really try to reminisce and, and think about when times were, I mean, times are still, I mean, we have COVID going on, a lot of things going on still, mm-hmm. you know, we have family problems like going on right now, but to have that resiliency is something kind of majestic, right? If you can really think about it, because as the saying goes, if you hang out with five idiots, you're going to be the sixth one, right? If you hang out with five millionaires, you're going to be the sixth one. So I was always hanging around, you know, in my mind, people that I genuinely cared about, but it turns out that no, I, I was hanging with bad characters that, weren't helping me and helping to aspire. And I don't know. I, I don't, it's, it's really weird because you would have looked at my life and said, Oh, he's just going to be another nobody. But I think it was just, a or more- he's going to live off of his dad's success. He's going to be a trust fund baby or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I didn't want to be any of those things. I wanted to earn it for myself because I would genuinely appreciate it more rather than just having it spoon fed to me 
And I think a lot of people get this misconception. They, they love to say that they love to say it, but in terms of, you know, true entrepreneurship, you know, when something hits you in the face and you need to react to it, that's mm. when, you know, shit gets real and not a lot of people can handle that. But I think honestly, man, I've always had a compass that points North, whether it's generally trying to help people and aspiring to be, you know, the most optimized version of myself, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. Right. And it's not been an easy road for any, any stretch of the imagination, mm. but it's that constant growth. It's that constant, you know, long-term mentality where it's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a month. It's not even going to happen in a year, but mm-hmm. over the course of days, minutes, seconds, and, and ultimately time, just doing the right thing, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to get to your goal. So it's a great question though, man, because a lot of people struggle with that. And, and it's not something that I can genuinely tell you, here's the definitive answer. Cause there's a lot that yeah. goes into it. Now, John, I know this is going to be a, uh pretty rude question but my audience at 23 what is your net worth right now um that's it i mean i mean you don't have to tell me exact i mean give me all right is it six figures seven eight i i mean you know you don't have to say exactly yeah i'll say this i'm for a 23 year old man who has his you know own company with multiple partners i'm doing well for myself but Am I going to sit here and tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm, you're not going to self loss. You're not going to be like, oh man, because if I'm just being honest, um, I see a lot of people that make it rich quick that live the extravagant lifestyle. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at your background. It looks like that the bed behind you that's unmade might have some dirty laundry or something on it. And you have like, I don't know, maybe you got mad in the background and and tried to punch a hole in your drywall there and you kind of spackled it there. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but um, even though you're doing well for yourself, you don't seem like the type of person that lives an extravagant lifestyle. Would I be correct by saying saying that? And I don't really want to. I think that the whole materialistic world of, oh, these, you know, brilliant iPhones and watches and, and just all this technology. By the way, I'm wearing headphones I bought from a 7-Eleven, and I'm sure you're wearing iPod uh, Airs or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the AirPods. So, like, I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to give a little bit of a comparison. I, and it's not a joke. I'm just saying, like, seriously, I bought these from a 7-Eleven last awesome. week because my headphones didn't work. but guess what? It makes it work. A lot of people don't realize this. You, you know, a lot of people think they need a lot of money and, and, and need to buy the most expensive things to do a podcast. I do my whole show on my iPhone and I'm not even talking an iPhone 12 max or anything. I'm talking an iPhone eight, uh, with a microphone, and, but I was good at audio production. So what I'm trying to say is that it's more about the content. It's about what you're offering yep. more. I mean, yes, it needs to sound good. It, it, it has to sound good because people are not going to put up with horrible audio. But it's more about the content. It's not about the equipment you have. Would, would you say that's right? Yeah, for sure. It's the bare bones, meat and potatoes. What's the, the raw content? A lot of people get swept up. I get a couple calls, you know, uh, I'm I'm very fortunate to get a couple calls, you know, every single month where I have a great conversation with someone mm-hmm. I've never heard of who they've talked and 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 listened to the guests on my podcast, they listen to my podcast, they listen to my guests podcast and so forth and so on. And they ask the the most, you know, obnoxious questions to say, "Oh, how long should my intro be? What should my outro be? What kind of company should I work for?" It's like mm-hmm. you have it completely wrong. You should be focusing on the segments of the actual show. What's what, what, like whether you're a comedy show, whether you're, you know, educational, whether you're someone who's a, a health guru and you're trying to, you know, get people to quit, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, medication or, or substance. That's really the thing is what are you going to talk about at the end of the day? It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. If it's interesting, people are going to listen, people are going to continue to listen, and people are going to share it with the masses. That's why Joe Rogan's so influential because he's not, you know, as smart as he is, you know, mm-hmm. he's not some, Type, uh, you know, be personality. He's just going to sit on the sidelines and just be some nerd. He's he's a genuine, average Joe, truly, and that's why I, I think I, a lot of people like him. I have listen. 
I'm not saying anything about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. I, I have worked in radio pretty much all my more than half of my life. Right now, the rankings, when it comes to audio content, Howard Stern is still number one. Then you That's have Joe, Joe Rogan behind him. Okay. But I can see some people starting to turn a little bit on Rogan. Like, you know, um, I, I hate when this happens. You know, when, when I do my podcast, I'm a big uh, football fan, not the American football, soccer. Uh, I, I call the people that consume my content my supporter because they are just as important as I am because without them telling the people, their friends, their family, their loved ones and stuff about the product, it does not grow. And and they do the same exact thing with that. But I always hate when people like to use the term sellout. And I'm not calling Joe Rogan a sellout. But it's like you want to be that person on the end. Like, oh, man, I discovered them first before anybody else. Sure. And now that they're popular, oh, Rogan's forgetting about his listener. I, I think a lot of people got pissed off because he kind of towed the line on the Trump thing a little bit. You know, he never fully came out and said, oh, I support Trump. But there was a lot of things that he kind of agreed with Trump on. Yeah. And in terms of politics, I mean, you have to understand while the election was going, he signed a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. Right. Yep. So. Put yourself in Rogan's shoes. Are you going to not risk because it's it's a it's a set deal, but are you going to risk potential viewership just based off of, you know, whether you're going to vote uh, Trump or Biden? I mean, you know, you'd be a moron to really just divulge that information because it's mm -hmm. and again, it's a cliffhanger too. subconsciously. You tune in for a multitude of reasons, whether you're going to hear about yeah. Rogan talk about MMA, you're going to hear him talk to Neil deGrasse Tyson about the universe and galaxies and DMT mm -hmm. and you know, all this crazy. Oh, stuff. Dude, I, I so want to try DMT because of Rogan, but like I, uh, I have some mental problems and I just don't want to take that chance. But um, but what I'm saying is I, I even try to stay away from politics, but sometimes stories just happen that you got to talk about. Like I, I try to keep things fun. I, I look at my podcast, even when I was on the radio, is it's our job to give people an, a, a, an escape or to be able to help them learn something, to be able to better their lives. Because yeah. when you talk about politics or even sports, you're going to divide your audience, no doubt. Yeah. And you, you, here's the thing you're going to, you're going to definitely divide the audience, but I feel that it's your obligation to give two points of view. So your audience can say, Oh yeah. Like, even though you're a Brady fan, you still give credit to, Oh my God. You know, the fact that oh, he's great. Holmes is one of the greatest, most talented quarterbacks we've seen in, in the 2000 uh, era. I mean, you know, you, you, you're 40 years old. You can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Both hey, yes. No, I am. Quarterbacks, I am. But uh, no, 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 dude. Uh, like, like I said, lifelong Dolphins fan, big Marino fan. Uh, the Patriots were in the same division as the Dolphins. So yeah, I, I, I kind of hated Brady, but now Sean, let's, let's talk a little bit about your beginning. So what got your foot in the door? What got the ball rolling? What made you your first huge hunk of cash starting out? So I really come from, like I said, a, a privileged background, but needless to say, I, I truly worked for, for everything I have. I mean, it goes back to when I, I would volunteer to, th there, was a, there was a group originally that I did called SAD, S-A-D-D, Students, um, what is it? Students Against uh, Destructive Decisions. Uh, I was going to say driving. Yeah, it, it's something, it's again, similar to that, right? But essentially, the whole motto was about going to these people who have been in crazy accidents, who have substance abuses, and, and really learning from them and helping them. That was my first true calling of of just oh, like I need to listen to these people and and understand what you know they're they're teaching me. Was it an internship? Yeah, well, it was a it was a club slash internship uh, that turned into ultimately an internship um, when I was in high school. So I had See, that because. Account. 
Because I tell people that that's how I got started in radio. Like the internship is so underappreciated. And everyone wants to get paid. Everyone wants to get paid and and say, oh my God, we need to get paid for this. What ultimately led me to discovering who I wanted to be, I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be a mechanical electro engineer who at Penn State at the time, I was looking at an 80. Go Lions. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, man. Um, Starting salary and listen, who doesn't love 80, 85K coming out of school? But that course. You got to put in your time. You got to put in your time. You got to show your worth. Uh, You know, a lot of people don't realize that. I I mean, I worked almost a year and a half as an internship. Like, I I mean, for free. And even after my internship was over with, I was like, all right, what can I do? What can I help you out behind the scenes? You know, you just want to constantly learn and learn and learn. And, And what I tell people about this podcast that I like the most is that it's new to me. I'm doing things that I did when I first started out in broadcasting, doing the editing, uh, scheduling guests. Luckily, I have a great producer right now, but I'm having to do show prep, think of angles and stuff. And it reminds me, you know, everybody has that dream when they're young. And that journey is the cool part now when you get to that that finish line is are you still going to stay hungry are you still going to do this are you still going to do that but that journey i mean am, am i weird by saying that that journey when you're learning you're hungry you're busting your ass you're going the extra mile and stuff is is the good stuff in my opinion I agree. And that's the thing is everyone's searching for this end result. But I truly think that the the journey is the most important and most fun part because you don't have all the answers. You're just looking to the glorious times when, you know, you fucking can take a month off. No no problem. Go to go to Mexico, go to Spain, wherever you want to go and just relax on the beach. Sure, that's fun. But let's be honest, as as great as that sounds, you know, you're going to get bored just drinking all the time and, you know, going to clubs and do this. So it's like, what genuinely makes you happy for me? Honestly, I've always been fascinated with martial arts. I love it. I love the UFC. Uh, I love Bellator. Obviously my name, Sean Boyle. I'm a big, you know, Irish fan of McGregor. And my favorite director is Danny Boyle. Um, that did train spotting, uh, slumdog millionaire, uh, 28 days later. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, as soon as I saw the last name, boy, see, see this, all right, we're talking about journeys. Okay. So talking about Danny Boyle, I was an intern, but no, I was a part-time intern. I, I was, I think they gave me 15 hours a week and I started booking guests. And sure. this was before Danny Boyle became famous. I was like, I went to my host. I was like, you got to get this guy on. He did this movie train spotting. It is brilliant. Everybody is saying that this is going to be an Oscar worthy movie. And and then he, I kept hounding him and hounding him. He was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do the interview. Okay. So they have Danny Boyle on. And usually when, when a host does not like a guest, it'll be like 10, 15 minutes, but they had him on for almost like 40 minutes. And then um, about six months later, Danny Boyle wins best director, best picture for Slumdog Millionaire. And my host comes in. The first thing he says to me is like, hey, do you still have that Danny Boyle interview that we did? Because we want to play it. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. You fought me for almost a month trying to get him on the show. And now since he's the best uh, director winner and best picture director, you want to have him on now. But I got a little bit of satisfaction out of that. Yeah, that's so funny, man. That's a great story. I wish he, I could call him my uncle or something because he, I mean, who, who doesn't love Slumdog Millionaire? You know what I mean? Uh, it's one of the best yes. movies ever, ever. Yeah, it, exactly. And, and I, I like that because, you know, I think media, I think movies, TVs, everything is going more of the um, pirate radio type days where people can make a name for themselves and stuff. Um, but one of the things I want to talk to you before I, before I let you go, um, 
Twitter, Facebook, all those social media, uh, they're private businesses, okay? Now, back when our forefathers wrote our Bill of Rights, Constitution, all that good stuff, they never thought in a million years, hey, guess what, man? There's going to be this moving, uh, there's going to be this box where we'll be able to watch moving pictures and get our news and stuff. They didn't write that in there, but they had to make new rules for the media, the, the TV and stuff. Uh, a lot of people made a big deal about Donald Trump being banned from Twitter, banned from Facebook, all those things. Um, I am the biggest believer in absolute freedom of speech. One of, one of the bases is the protection of unpopular speech. Sure, should, I agree. Should, should something be done, do the social media platforms need to be regulated like TV, radio is by the FCC? I mean, that's a loaded question, but I'm not going to answer that like a fucking politician. I'll just tell you what no, I think. No, 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 no. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I want to hear the realness, and that's why I wanted to talk to you because I was like, when I looked at Sean Boyle, I was like, that is a rugged dude. He is a man's man, 23, making me feel like bad about my life choices and oh stuff. Oh, my God, stop, dude. <laughs> I, these are just jokes, okay? By the way, but, but, but what I'm trying to say is I was like, all right, this guy is going to be real. He's going to bring it. He's going to be himself. So, yeah, I, it's a hard question, but I would really like to hear what you got to say. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at Twitter, you look at all these, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and I agree 100 percent. You need to have some sort of, you know, like especially with bullying, especially with all, all these things going on. Right. Like terrorist attacks, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but here, can 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 I stop you here real quick, though? Uh, I, I, I hate the bullying and stuff, but when you decide to create an account, you're basically making yourself a public figure, just like a celebrity. And public figures have to play by a different set of rules because you're putting yourself out there. When you sign up for a social media account, you, I mean, that comes with the territory. I mean, am I being callous by saying that? No, and it's like what I was going to finish is, you know, you look at people that are, you know, doing all these hate speeches, right? Now, to a degree, should you, you know, do you have the freedom to, to express your point of view however you want to do it? Yes, I do. But I also believe that I don't expect anyone to do anything about it. So whether that's hate speech, whether that's, you know, you're trying to invoke some sort of a movement, if you aren't, you know, if you don't have an army, if you're not making a good point, mm -hmm. you expect anybody to really do anything about it. Again, that's and that's two sides of the spectrum there. That's whether you're, you know, you're the one who's doing bullied, um, bullying, whether you're the one who's who's getting bullied. It's like, what are you going to do about it? What, what is the whole you know, conclusion here? And furthermore, mm -hmm. it's pathetic, like companies like Robinhood, where if you're following that whole GameStop and AMC, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. have yeah. these bullshit, crooked fucking Wall Street jerk offs essentially cap their buying potential and not stop them from selling. That's the real criminality in, you know, to, to put it in a real world example that literally fucking happened last week. It's, it's criminal and they should all be locked up. All right. I'm getting the wrap up. Sean, can, can we uh, basically talk uh, off the air? Because I got to tell you, I would love to collaborate with you on some stuff. Um, but, uh, you, you bring up a great point, you know, back in 2008, I mean, we bailed out all the banks. We, uh, the, the housing crisis, the, bu the bubble bursting there. Mm -hmm. Um, what makes me sick is our country and I did my research and I hope I'm not going to offend you on this. I know that you're a Catholic. I find it absolutely disgusting that our country and, and I hope I'm not offending you, but them bailing out, you know, the Catholic Church got a lot of personal uh, protection loans uh, that could have been going to small businesses and stuff. Um, I, I think the normal everyday working class blue collar people, I think that's why they resent the powerful and the rich 
Am, am I off by saying that? Like when when you see that type of stuff going on? Well, I definitely agree that those. I mean, I I'm I, I'm aware of what you're talking about, and I definitely. I mean, as a small business owner to another small business owner, where do I think that money should have gone? I should it should go to small businesses now. Um, how much? What was the loan? How much? How it much was four point four million dollars that the Catholic Church in the United States, and I know that's not a lot compared to what the Catholic Church is worth. Um, but if churches are not paying taxes, they have no business getting tax money yeah. from American citizens, in my opinion. I agree they should be taxed as well. I think that the, the whole, I, I don't know why they're not. I mean, I, I, I would have to read, you know, some tax section, but I, I'm- Joel I, Osteen, Joel Osteen. Yeah. That guy does not need two private jets. He doesn't need all those fancy cars. He doesn't need those thousand dollar suits. Uh, you know, I think his congregation, his church is like 48,000. It seats almost 40,000. That's 000. like, that's the Southern priest or not priest. Yeah. 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 Know, like in, in Houston in Houston. Yeah. Now, now he brings in all that money and they had that big hurricane. Guess what? He couldn't be bothered to do. He couldn't be bothered to open up his doors and help out the community. So yeah. then why are we just forking money over to these people? And they're not paying taxes. I just, I find it, I find it ridiculous. Yeah, it's pathetic. I mean, I could talk about this for hours, man, but it's just, you know, again, it's allocating to the businesses that need it the most. And I, I think a lot of people, they're just trying to grab and grab and grab. Pittsburgh Penguins got $2.3 million. How yeah. is that fair? It's not, it's not fair. And again, it's, there's always a bigger picture. There's always a story. I would want to know just as much as I can about that story and make my own decision. It's, it's hard to yeah. just read a headline. And, and no, no, it. no, I get, I, and, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, Sean, tell people how they can follow you on social media. What's your website and stuff? Where can they follow you? Because I, I want to pick your brain because I know that you're helping out a lot of people when it comes to social media and stuff. I, I, I would love, I could sit there and pick your brain for hours about what I'm doing wrong. You know, I kind of look at you as like the next Gary V or something, a little uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, that young guy, you know, that's hustling and stuff. Yeah, I, I try. Listen, dude, I have as much energy as Gary. It's just these things. Uh, I, I love him. I, I love entrepreneurship. I love small businesses. I love helping business owners. Um, if you want to find me, SeanBoyle.com, you can find all my content on there, social media. Uh, just make it easy. SeanBoyle.com. Find, hey, find Sean. Me Man, I, I uh, highly enjoyed this. I hope uh, you do as well. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of concerning that my voice must be so annoying that you pulled out the AirPods uh, in your ear. So <laughs> I, I, listen, maybe, I, was on a, I was on a call right before that. I'm like, are these things still in? Okay. <laughs> All right, Sean. Hey, man, I, I, uh, I appreciate the time and I, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, my brother. Likewise. <laughs> From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let StitchYouUp help you with your logo design. Visit StitchYouUp.com or contact them, eric at StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Nerd, radio personality, and hot talk satirizer. You're listening to the Tuttle Podcast. All right, guys. Last segment of the day. Make sure you check out my live stream tonight. Follow my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tuttle. I will be going live every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Once again, I want to hear who would you like to have or who would you like to see or hear on my show? Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail, 407-270-3044. All right, guys. Yeah, it's a rooster. Uh, guys, so my producer, Vulture, came down. You hear him talking. 
And I told him, no, it's not a, yeah, it is a rooster. Um, this might be the most Volusia County, and that is a big white cock. If I were, and that's, you know, I'm not trying to be dirty, but that's a pretty big one. And look, he's, he's done, he is a tamed rooster now. Now, he, I don't, oh, he's, he's bowing up, man. He's sizing me up there. Did you, did you see how he, like, put out the feathers there? Here, hand me one of those oranges. Uh, peel it real quick. I want to see if he'll eat a little uh, citrus. And he's banded, too, though. Look at... I swear to God, if you spur me... Oh, man, he... he Man, he uh, he destroyed that. Look at that. But you can tell he's somebody he's got the band on him, though. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Do you want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out Vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by Starfire Transport, StitchYouUp.com, PocketPairClub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Lamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover services brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two D's at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail at 407-270-3044. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?